Gillian Devlin in for Joe Nash on Live 95. It's World Breastfeeding Week, an annual promotion. And to be fair, Ireland always plays its part with promotional events and information. However, it hasn't yet managed to change the fact that Ireland still has one of the lowest breastfeeding rates in the world. That's despite the fact that it's proven to be the best way to give a start to a child's life. Margaret Hines is a nurse and midwife and she's with us this morning. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good, Margaret. Um, I'm a big uh, fan of breastfeeding. Uh, you know, I had three kids myself and it worked very well for me. But that's not the case for every woman. It's not the case for every woman. And um, the theme for World Breastfeeding Week this year is to educate and support women. Because, you know, we all see um, planes across the sky. We don't expect to be able to, you know, to fly them, even though we see them. When we learned how to drive, it was difficult for us at the beginning. So we have to educate women on the skills because it's not, not something that they see every day. And there's two people involved. There's a baby as well. So we have to um, educate um, you know, families and the community around the support that's needed for these women. So, I mean, we are promoting, um, for years in the hospital, we are promoting breastfeeding preparation classes. And I, I do that personally on, you know, my, my own, I have my own business now, Breastfeeding Limerick, where I do uh, one-to-one breastfeeding preparation classes. Um, the um, public health nurses, the voluntary groups, the GPs, the obstetric team, they're all promoting breastfeeding antenatally. But we need the family to support them as well. We need to educate partners and family because, um, they're, you know, it's so good for everybody, but it's a new skill and it's, you know, it can be tricky in the beginning. Like you said, you're a great advocate because you successfully breastfeed your ch- children and you saw the benefits of it, you know. But we need to, you know, we need to have more support systems really um, in, the, in, the, in the community for women. And um, I think that's really important. But we need to educate them on the benefits for themselves, for their baby, for the family, for the environment. You know, you were talking there, that, you know, the Green Party is talking about putting in new rail lines. But really, you know, breastfeeding is the most environmentally friendly thing we can do. And it's a great start, a great health initiative. And I think we should be promoting health, um, you know, as from, from the get-go. It's gas, you know. Um, it, that never occurred to me the whole time when I was feeding my kids that I was doing something that was environmentally friendly. Yeah. It certainly wasn't any of the motivation for it f- for me, but uh, it's nice to know that that was a benefit as well. It's interesting, though, that you say, you know, it's something that we don't see because I went to watch a new movie, uh, a new Irish movie uh, that came out at the weekend, um, Joyride with uh, Olivia Colman, and she plays a new mother in it. And yeah. breastfeeding features in it. And it really, it made me stop and think, I don't think I'd ever seen a storyline that touched on breastfeeding. Now, it's not the whole movie, <laughs> but it's, exactly, it's a yeah. bit in the movie where you, you see her trying to feed her child and struggling with it and the difficulty that, you know, it doesn't always come naturally. In fact, I'd say it, it very rarely comes naturally for the first with a first baby, you don't know what you're doing. You've never done it before. And it can be a bit of a struggle um, trying to get used to it. And they show that and it was just, it was amazing to see it on a, on a big screen because it's just something that, you know, we're, I think we as Irish people still like to put it as something behind closed doors. A hundred percent. And, um, you know, we all did our leaving search, but if we were to face any of those leaving search papers today, we wouldn't be able to do them probably, you know. We probably would fail because we need to do preparation beforehand. And that's why women need to prepare for motherhood and they need to prepare for breastfeeding to know what the obstacles are, how to overcome them, you know, how that, you know, yes, it may be difficult, but there's a, it's a partnership. 
and women tend to beat themselves up if they struggle with breastfeeding. They don't realise that it's, you know, the baby's involved as well, but also their partners and family have such a critical role. You know, somebody suggesting to a new mother, oh, you should give that baby a bottle, you don't have enough, you know, your breasts are too small, you obviously don't have enough, the baby's crying all the time. But if we had a new puppy, we'd hold him in our arms all the time, and women are criticised for holding babies in their arms all the time, when it's the actually the correct thing to do, it's innate, it's part of us. Then people say, oh, you know, we want the father to be involved. But you know, as a, you know, it's a mother that can soothe her child. And women, new, new mothers are revered in other countries. Like in India, you wouldn't be allowed into the kitchen for six weeks after you had your baby. And if you didn't have immediate family, your, your, your neighbours and friends would actually ensure that you didn't and that you were, you know, cherished and looked after. So we need to be, you know, you know, doing that for women, you know, and um, the government have, have, you know, done things like giving us, um, you know, maternity leave and that. But you were talking there about, about the filament, but nationally, the regional breast, you know, the National Breastfeeding Coordinator has been instrumental in ensuring that soap operas like Fair City don't have bottles displayed on them. So, you know, there is a lot of things even going on in the background. But we need to bring to the forefront, you know, we need to talk more about breastfeeding. Uh, there was an article in the news yesterday, uh, uh, you know, a neonatologist portraying breastfeeding as an art exhibition. You know, we don't see it. Our culture is to cover up our bodies, you know. And, you know, so that means we do breastfeeding behind closed doors, you know. Or go in there and you could do that, you know. It's not even mentioned, you know. Breastfeeding isn't taken as a norm. And, you know, for 40 years in maternity, I worked and, you know, worked really hard to try and become the norm. Now, Limerick was at the fore because we had, you know, in the hospital, we had great breastfeeding support. We were fierce, lucky. We had a lot of initiative. And even Limerick City Council, with the initiative of making, you know, breastfeeding the norm in the city, was a wonderful initiative, you know. Yeah, there's cafes around town that have the sticker in the window saying, you know, you're welcome here. Because I, I remember eating out once, Margaret, and I know the place probably meant well. But they had something on the menu saying there's a room available for you if you wish to breastfeed. Yeah. And I kind of felt, well, does that mean I have to leave the table and go into the room? You know, because if if my baby starts crying at the table, nobody's going to see a thing. Trust me. I mean, women can be very discreet about this. And the great thing is they won't hear the baby screaming if I feed the baby at the table. But the idea that I'd have to go into another room kind of, you know, I found very off-putting. So I think those stickers are a brilliant idea to, you know, make women feel a bit more comfortable. Absolutely, you know, but I mean, we need to know as well that breast milk has the perfect nutrition for a baby. And during COVID, um, I was really encouraging women to continue breastfeeding long-term because if they were exposed to the bugs, if they were exposed to, you know, to the COVID virus, they actually immediately produced antibodies to it to protect their babies, you know. So that is a, was a fantastic thing, you know. But, you know, we need to galvanise support for women. We need to engage with all the... Um, all aspects of society, you know, because every health provider should, at every engagement with a pregnant woman, be encouraging that woman to breastfeed, you know, to become the norm, you know. But, you know, there isn't enough support there for men. You know, a lot of the resources aren't there for supporting them. You know, uh, one of my colleagues years ago was saying we're great for promoting breastfeeding, we're not good enough for supporting it. And we need to be actively supporting it. So the likes of you, who's a successful breastfeeding mother, you know, I mean, you know, your team on 95FM, they're very good for supporting breastfeeding. But maybe we can take it a step further. Maybe we can do a little more on breastfeeding. I mean, or maybe once a week we could have a, you know, a phone-in for breastfeeding mothers, you know, this sort of thing, you know, um, you know, live on air, you know, just promote breastfeeding more. We need to be making it more the norm, you know, because... You know, the bottle is things that people revert to so easily. And, you know, 
it's, it just, you know, underlines a mother's confidence in her ability to produce milk. You know, nobody would suggest to a, a woman who's pregnant and say, oh, do you know what, if I were you now, I'd take a bottle of formula because it might help your baby get more nourishment. So we know that a woman actually does eat healthy when they're pregnant and that healthy eating continues when they're breastfeeding. But, you know, it's a wonderful thing for women. It's a wonderful thing for babies because it gives them great stability, you know, gives them great reassurance. You're going to be talking later on about... Um, uh, you know, children going to school, but we need to anchor them at the very beginning of their lives by giving them that security of their mothers and their environment by promoting breastfeeding, you know. I and think was, one of the difficulties, Margaret, that sometimes comes up when we have this conversation is that women who tried and were unable to feed their children for whatever reason, um, and maybe it might have been that, you know, the a baby was premature and was in the the NICU unit for a very long time and it was to, then c- couldn't get used to the breastfeeding. There could be multiple reasons as to why it doesn't work out. And sometimes those women and their families can be very sensitive to this conversation and feel that they are, they are being judged because they didn't breastfeed. And, and you know what I say to those women? I say, I am so sorry. I, as part of the organisation that was there to support you, let you down. The system let you down. But the other thing that we have to tell women is that not all mammals lactate, you know. And that is why, you know, the formula industry came about. You know, I am not, you were, you know, um, we were talking about the golf in Adair earlier on in the programme. I am not a good, I'm not able to play golf, you know. That doesn't mean I'm a bad person, you know. But there is a certain population that will be better at it. There is a certain, you know, in the bovine industry, there are certain um, cows, you know, that are better milkers than others. And in the human beings, there's five to ten percent of women who will not actually lactate effectively, and that is why wet nurses were, uh, you know, were available for those women who could afford it. And hundred or hundred and fifty or two hundred years ago, the women who could afford to wet nurses, their babies survived, and those who didn't died. Because not all women will produce milk, and it's really important for women to know that as well. But by having education beforehand and knowing barriers they may face, we're having an awful lot of. Um, women now with, you know, having babies through IVF and surrogacy and all that. And then they make an assumption that they may be able to breastfeed, whereas in fact they may not due to hormonal reasons. The research is very scanty in this because there's no money in for drug companies because, you know, breastfeeding doesn't, you know, uh, produce megabucks, you know. But there is a percentage of women who will not lactate effectively. But we try and help them, you know, before um, feed, before they have their baby to know what, you know, um, challenges they may face and to give them a realistic expectation because you know you were blessed and I was blessed with being able to feed three children but there is I have came across hundreds of women who didn't and there's a grieving process and we need mm. to deal with that grieving process or they carry it through their lives and they negatively impact others you know so that's a really important point that you just made you know and what about women who just say who 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 just feel that they don't want to and it's their right to choose to bottle feed that's their choice. That is their choice. And there's a hundred reasons behind those. And I've heard every single one of them. I think that is their right. They bring a baby into the world. It's their choice as to how they raise that baby, what food they give that baby. You know, that is their right. You know, I think that is their right and their choice, you know. But I have been an advocate for babies because I call it baby's first immunization. And if I was to say to you that immunizations 
are really good for your baby, you'd say, oh, yeah, Margaret, I agree with you. All the public health nurses would be backing me. But baby's first immunisation is the colostrum they get. So even if you only gave your baby the very first milk while you were in the hospital, if you only did that, you'd be giving your baby something. You'd be giving your baby immunity that they will carry for the rest of their days, you know. And you're also giving your body a chance to produce milk, to produce colostrum. And hey, bingo, you might be the one that will just find breastfeeding very easily because believe it or not, we only hear the bad news stories. We only hear the bad news stories about women who have lumps in their breasts and their cancer. But there's more women who have non-malignant lumps than that. And again, breastfeeding protects against premenopausal breast and ovarian cancer, you know. Yeah, so it's good for mother and baby. But I think one of the problems as well is that when you're having that difficulty in the early stages, it's probably the time when you're most hormonal yourself. And, you know, 100%. lots of new mothers, they're going through the, the post-baby blues and it can be like, oh, I'm, I'm a failure, I can't do this, this isn't going to work. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're going through tiredness. But if a woman only knew one thing, that babies are most wakeful in the evening because when we're pregnant, a lot of the times, when, we, when the baby starts kicking is when we sit down to watch the nine o'clock news and when we're going to bed we feel loads of kicks because the baby's most active and babies are night creatures for the first four to six weeks so women are going to be up at night that didn't suit me as a lady who prefers to be you know active in the morning but I had to kind of revert that so women if they were encouraged to go for a nap in the afternoon they'd find they'd be able to cope with the baby being awake better the research laboratory says that's the best time to recover from lost sleep so, you know, um, every little bit of encouragement that we give to women, and there will always be women who won't um, be able to, um, you know, you know, to breastfeed because they won't have enough milk or who they choose to bottle feed. And that's fine for those women, you know, I think that's fine. But we need to educate women more on the benefits of it. It can, you know, prevent diabetes, it can prevent eczema, it can prevent asthma, it can prevent a lot of, you know, diseases that are common. Like, uh, you know, we're not very good at screening in this country for a lot of, you know, diabetes. We've become much better at screening for that. But, you know, before people died from that, but, you know, breastfeeding can protect women against that, can protect your baby against that. Imagine, like, if we had a vaccine that would prevent um, cancer, you know, we would give it. Uh, the Cancer Society tells us that if all women breastfeed, you know, for the recommendations uh, and following the guidelines of the World Health Organization, which is to exclusively breastfeed for six months and then to breastfeed for two years and beyond, we reduce the breast cancer rate by 25%. That's a phenomenal figure, you know. Yeah, it's and that's pretty impressive. And, it and the other great benefit, of course, Margaret, in this day and age is that uh, it helps to uh, save a bit of money <laughs> because everybody's talking about the cost of living. It saves a, a considerable amount of money because formula is certainly not cheap. And uh, then you have the cost of the bottles and the sterilisation and all of that on top of it. So and that, the, that's and the electricity well. that's used. So that's yeah. why the electricity used, you know, in both the processing of milk and the and the reconstituting of milk. But as well as that, it has other benefits for women. It protects their iron stores. They don't usually get periods for four to six months if they're exclusively breastfeeding. So we have none of that to deal with. And then it can be actually a, a contraceptive method that's 98 to 99 percent effective yeah. for women. Not one, to, not, not one to rely on, Margaret. No. <laughs> I have a friend who will t- who will attest to that. Um, and we all have friends who can attest to that. But equally, I have as many more that can attest to that it was a very reliable one. But, you know, nothing is 100% reliable. That's, that's very true.
Margus, you know, it gives such joy to women as well, and it keeps their oxytocin levels up. So actually, it helps to reduce um, postnatal depression because the oxytocin levels stay high with a woman as long as she's breastfeeding, which is a wonderful hormone for all of us, you know. Well, you're certainly a wonderful promoter of it, Margaret. If somebody is out there and they're struggling a bit, how do they get in touch? Where should they go? Well, their first line of contact um, is their public health nurse. You know, the public okay. health nurses are a wonderful resource. Um, a lot of them have um, feeding clinics. There's voluntary support groups. Quid your friend, your Friends of Breastfeeding Ireland, La Leche Group, have for 40 years been giving wonderful, wonderful care to the women of Limerick. Um, then, you know, there's a private route. Myself, Breastfeeding Limerick, I do um, breastfeeding support. My colleague, Una D, who's recently retired, also set up in private practice. And we're, you know, nurses, midwives and uh, international lactation consultants. The Lactation Consultants Association of Ireland has a list of lactation consultants in private practice and uh, they're a great resource, you know. The HSE have a phone-in line that you can um, uh, email or text in your, your request and they will come back to you within 24 hours by text or email messaging, you know. So that's another one. You can go to breastfeeding.ie or mychild.ie go into breastfeeding and that's another resource that's free and available for women. Okay, plenty of support out there. Thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Margaret Hines, nurse and midwife. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.